scriptures can communicate different meetings at different times in our life according to our needs. A scripture that we may have read many times can take on nuances, nuances of meaning that are refreshing and insightful when we face a new challenge in life. When I stumble, I will keep getting up relying on the grace and enabling power of Jesus Christ. I will stay in my covenant with him and work through my questions by study of God's word, by faith, and with the help of the Holy Ghost whose guidance I trust. I will seek his spirit every day by doing the small and simple things. This is my path of discipleship. My dear brothers and sisters, Jesus Christ invites us to take the covenant path back home to our heavenly parents and be with those we love. He invites us to come, follow me. Well, we're back. It's 2023. Been gone for a little bit. Um, good reason. It's a lot of different combinations of reasons. Some of it, new members of families being born. Uh, some of it, illness. Some of it, just getting out of the swing of things. Um, but we're back, and we're we've got the New Testament. It's a fresh start, and uh, we we hope to be a lot more consistent this year. We started off last year really well, and it just got to about August or maybe June, and things started getting sticky from then on. So we're committed to, to starting a, a, a new... We're pretty consistent the other years, and then it just took the Old Testament, some life events that occurred, uh, but we're back. What I found impressive was even as of last week, we still had uh, like 89 plays in the last seven days. And like 400 and something in the last 30 days. Oh, so it seems like everyone else is getting in the swing of things as well. <laughs> yeah. So people were still listening. We have over 46,000 total plays across all of our episodes, which, you know, as far as like viral podcasts go, that's nothing. But we've never attempted to be viral in any way. And we've never really even advertised. So the fact that kind of organically we have 46,000 plays um, I'm just kind of uh, very appreciative and giving us the opportunity to to talk at you because it's a one-way street with a podcast, but um, we always think about the different people that could be listening and whatever needs that they might have as we talk about this stuff. And so even though we don't know you personally and even though we don't get a whole lot of feedback, um, it's like when you teach a Sunday school lesson, you know, you're thinking about what might people need to hear? What, what are people starving for spiritually and so and also you know on a more selfish level i guess like what am i learning from this and what is important to me from this and hopefully that translates to other people as well well it's almost i view it more like like a like a video audio journal of conversations because yeah. we have conversations like this we me and daniel we actually work together and we're friends outside of work so when we spend time we talk about these things and other things and not just gospel things but but i think it was one day i think it was you who said what if we start doing the come follow me and 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 
it was right before COVID and it worked out really well. And I think at the beginning we were trying to get guests in mm -hmm. uh, different perspectives. So, cause we thought it would be boring just to listen to us, but I think we've evolved to the point where we realize, you know, kind of like the lesson this go around, which is, you know, uh, we're responsible for our own learning and we wanted to share, uh, kind of our thoughts and also to vo make voice of our testimonies and our ideas. And they change all the time. Our testimony changes and evolves and we recognize things. We see things that we didn't know. Like there's several things I've learned already in this uh, lesson that I didn't know before. Um, and ultimately, we also had a deep desire to not monetize or profit from the church or from our beliefs or testimonies. So we thought, hey, we're fine if one person listens like if one person thinks it's great or, or it helps them or uh, helps them turn to the Lord or turn to the scriptures, then mission accomplished. But we've we've actually had really good feedback and heard from various sources and things that people uh, like some things. And, and like everything, there's probably things you don't like and things that we mess up and, and, and may have problems with. But ultimately, like this lesson is so important because, you know, we're responsible for our own learning. And that learning should always be pointed at the Savior and pointed at the scriptures, not at us, not at our crazy opinions. I mean, let that be helpful. Maybe let it expand your thinking or challenge it or uh, do the opposite of what we think if, if you think that's better. Um, but but I think that's really important, um, you know, to, to always realize that there's no replacement for the scriptures. There's no replacement for the lessons. There's no replacement for the gospel. And, and, you know, don't don't just listen to our podcast and be like, oh, OK, I, I got the high level points. No, you should really be reading the scriptures yourself. And, you know, no one and I and I like come follow me because no one has to be like a scriptorian or an expert in history. You you just learn what you can. You, you, you know, and, and even if you don't read the entire chapter, maybe you look up the scripture dimensions and read those, you know, Everyone wants to make uh, what are those like lesson points or analogies of if, if we only read 20 minutes a day, we read the entire standard work every other week, and you know there's no excuse. But I think the the point of it would be is I think the Savior, in my opinion, would enjoy you enjoying something legitimately than forcing yourself and and kind of losing yourself in in overwhelming running faster than you have strength type of thing yeah I, we've never we did not create this podcast as a way to replace people's need to study on their own or attend sunday school or anything like that like it's meant to be kind of either a way to inspire yourself to go study like oh i want to read more about this now that i've heard this i want to go read more about it myself or as a way to kind of collect your thoughts after you've done the reading and studying to kind of come and listen and be like, oh yeah, oh, I see that. I, I understand that better now, or I disagree with that, you know, or whatever. Um, most importantly though, we really want to emphasize, make sure that you're having personal study and a personal relationship with Heavenly Father and the Holy Ghost. Like beyond podcasts, beyond Sunday school, like on your own, make sure you're finding time to do this on your own, whatever, method you may you may want to take if it's just thinking about the savior and, and some of the topics in the in the lesson as you glance it over 
if it's doing a deep dive reading in the scriptures, I think that sometimes that's really valuable, but not always possible with time. Um, but really find ways that the spirit can teach you as an individual and directly to you, because, you know, you don't need an intermediary between you and, and our Heavenly Father. You don't need someone to be the director of your own testimony or the director of your own spiritual experience. Uh, we, we know that you can gain that on your own. So, like, as much as we love people coming to listen, um, we don't really get much out of it. <laughs> like, we don't we don't benefit from from your listening in any way other than just, you know, feeling like, hey, we contributed some way. Um, but we we hope that everyone will at least use this as a way to, like I said, either be inspired to read more and study further or to kind of just maybe button up some of the things that they had questions about while they were reading. Uh, this lesson, this first one of the year, um, we're responsible for our own learning. Talks about, you know, learning requires acting in faith. That's opening up the scriptures, maybe praying beforehand, doing some reading, and having faith that you will find answers, that the Spirit will speak to you, that it's not just a, an effort that will go unanswered. And then it says, you know, the next heading, we need to know the truth for ourselves. Well, yeah. This, when it comes down to it, we can bear our testimony 46,000 times, but you need to develop your own testimony that's not dependent on other people's. Maybe at first it's fine that, it, that you say, if so-and-so believes it and I trust them, then I can believe that too. But eventually there will come a point where it has to be coming from you. It has to be within you. What I've seen in the past, people that prop their testimony on the testimonies of others are often disappointed because other people do things that are in contrary to it, or maybe even they lose their testimony over time, and then what are you propping it on? You've lost your, your foundation. So where should your foundation be? Not on others, not on the testimony of others or the, the strength of others. You can't build on someone else's foundation. You have to find a way to, at some point, pour your own concrete, right? Yeah, and, and I think when, you know, we, we always hear that, that we shouldn't, build our testimony or others or on an event or these kind of things. And I was thinking about that. And, and I think that sometimes we think that that we need that in, because our testimony is weak or it's simple or it's not very elaborate. And you, it's actually better to have a weak, simple, honest, small, whatever we think testimony, that that will take us further than adopting an elaborate belief that someone else has. Uh, I don't know if that makes any sense, but, yeah. um, you know, because I, I feel like even in the Book of Mormon, King Lamoni, he just had a very simple testimony that was given to him. Are thou a great spirit? And if Ammon told me that thou are a great spirit and that you are God, and that led him to the change of an entire nation, you know? And if your testimony is like, I know that God lives and he loves me, and he sent his son Jesus Christ to 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 die for us, and that's it. That that is powerful enough to give you everything else you need, and, and you know, and it just comes with time. And because it's small and because it's simple, we don't cast it out. And I think the Savior would say that many times, like if you had faith like a mustard seed. Well, mustard seed meaning if you have faith on something that's so small but it's true. That small truth 
will permeate your entire and change everything. It will be so powerful. It could move mountains type of thing. Um, and, and that's the honesty in our testimonies that sometimes we think we have to have this, you know, and there are things that we can say, I know this, or I want to know this, or I believe in this, and that's okay. Be honest about it, and, and that will continue to grow. Now, one of the things that, that I liked in this lesson was the Elder Bednar's uh, quote, where he says, I am responsible for my own learning. Elder Bednar taught, we should not expect the church as an organization to tell us, to teach or tell us every time we need to know or, or to do, become devoted disciples and endure valiantly to the end. Everything we need to know and do. Sorry, I butchered that. Rather, our personal responsibility is to learn what we should learn, to live as we know we should live, and to become who the master would have us become. And our homes are the ultimate setting for learning, living, and becoming. And I like that because it puts more responsibility on our covenants we have made to become a disciple of Christ. That because of those, we are going to go find out what we need. We're going to find out what lack I yet, as Elder Bednar says. We're going to go not just be dependent on the church telling us, oh, this is what you need to do. You know, Although they do and they provide a structure, but that structure is to guide us to Christ so we can have revelation and improve our own learning, you know? Um, yeah, I, I think it's, I kind of picture it like circles, you know, what, where should you start? What, what influence should you have? What, where should your testimony grow? And I think it starts with the smallest circle is the individual yourself. Then after that, once you start to build that testimony, then you can think about, you know, my family, my immediate family, those under my roof, what's happening in my home? You know, we talk about home-centered, church-supported. Well, it should be home-centered. This should be not, hey, what? let's go to church so we can learn the stuff we need to talk about at home. But let's go to church to talk about what we learned at home. And let's take the opportunity to build each other's testimonies here first. I don't think I, I heard a whole lot of testimonies that meant a whole lot to me as a child that were from random people. Um, the ones that meant the most to me were from those closest to me. And that kind of helped me understand that this is important. And then once I was able to have experiences and receive revelation on my own and build my own testimony, it confirmed what I had been told. Then after that, then it's like, okay, what's the next circle out? Well, your ward, right? You have the opportunity to go to church, to Sunday school, to Relief Society, to Elders Quorum and, and share what you've learned and share your testimony with others to strengthen each other and to help each other learn and grow together. Um, when you look at it that way, I think it's really important to, to see that it's balanced very well. If it's going the other way, then it's like, I got to go get a testimony from other people, then bring it home somehow, and then does it ever get to the individual? It doesn't quite work as, as well as working from the inside out. And I think that when each one of us take ownership of that, you can start to see that the conversations you have at church are much more developed. They're much stronger they're much i don't know they're better in every way i've seen uh drastic improvements since come follow me started from what it used to be which was fine but we had a lot of just like it was a little less it was a little more loose it was a little less guided a lot more kind of speculation um people getting into some some funny topics sometimes and it was like let's get back to the core and i think that that's really what um the inspiration behind this was let's let's talk about the savior and let's talk about 
what he's inviting us to do each year with a new book of scripture is to come follow him, right? And it all is coming back centered on the Savior every single time. No matter what book of scripture we're reading, no matter what standard works we're studying, it always comes back to the topic, the, the title, Come Follow Me. Who, who are we following? We're following the Savior. We're not following anyone else. I, the last section where it says, what should I do when I have questions? And I thought this was really interesting because we sometimes we think questions and doubts, you know, and we think, oh, I have a question. Oh, that's a doubt. I shouldn't. I should just bury it, you know. And then it's a lot like, you know, when President Monson talks about you left, he, they left that that axe head that broke inside the tree. They left it and the tree grew and then eventually it broke. Doubts, I think, are centered uh, among questions that you've decided that there is no answer to. I think questions are really good, and every prophet has questions. Nephi had a bunch of questions. Uh, Joseph Smith, all of Doctrine and Covenants is basically written, I have a question, let me go ask the Lord and receive more instruction. I think the Lord is not offended by our questions. He wants us to have an inquisitive mind. Um, and what it says here, the three points, you know, seek understanding from God. God is the source of all truth. He reveals his truth through his Holy Ghost, the scriptures, and his prophets and apostles. So if we have a question but are unwilling to live worthy to have the Holy Ghost, read the scriptures, read conference, listen to what the prophets are talking about and apostles, then it's going to be, then I think that question will turn into a doubt. But if we have a question and we do these things, then sometimes our question, I've had questions that have led me to answers of other questions I had. <laughs> and it was like, what kind of mind trick was that? You know, and then I've had questions that I'm comfortable that they are slowly being answered. Little by little, I'm gaining more perspective. And some of it takes time. Some of it is really the student is not ready to learn what the teacher has to tell us. Or it's not important right now or you, you have to give it time and so when it says act in faith the answers don't come right away trust the lord he will reveal his answers when the time is right in the meantime keep living the truth you already know which to me kind of says if if you have a serious question and it's bothering you hang on to what you know is true and continue with what you know doing everything you can with what you know and then have faith and and then the last one is keep an eternal perspective try to see things as the lord sees them not as the world sees them. and that i think is easier said than done because one the lord it's hard to understand what his perspective is because we are mortal and perfect and limited but i think i do take a lot of comfort in the fact that i could know that my own perspective over my life has changed as I have grown. And if I can look at the pattern of like when I was a kid or when I was a youth or when I was a teen or when I was a missionary, what I thought was important or my perspective. And then later on, I realized, oh, there's so much more to that. Oh, I can't believe I had that way of thinking. I can't believe I felt about those things or whatever. If I can accept my own growth and journey, then I can accept that there's way more up ahead that I am not yet that I will be happy, that I will continue to have that realization of growth and development. And so it's somewhere along that path, there's the answer to my question. And I think that's for me, when I think keep an eternal perspective, I, I think about that, like, hey, 
this is ongoing and everything that the Lord wants us to have and know is on the path. We just need to continue to stay on it. And sometimes looking back gives us a little bit of hope for what's to come looking forward, if that makes sense. Right? It does. And I, I've experienced that a lot where I've been facing a new question, a new problem, a new trial. And it seems like I'm very confused by it until I look back on what's happened in the past. Um, what experiences have I had? What, how has the Lord helped me in the past? And then it's like, well, if he did it then, why wouldn't he do it now? You know, and if I had questions in the past that were answered, I have faith that, that, that these ones will also be answered. Maybe not right away. Maybe it'll take some time, some study, some effort on my part, uh, some faith, definitely, and some trust. But it, it can happen again. I think he welcomes those questions. I think he, he wants us to be critical of ourselves and, and, and of our understanding so that we can gain greater and better understanding. Uh, I don't think it's it's constructive to just be like, hey, that's the way it is, and you just got to go with it. I think sometimes it's okay to be like, but why? You know, why and where is this and how come? And maybe the answers won't come right away, like I said, but it's it's good to ask those questions so that you understand more and so you seek uh, greater revelation from our Heavenly Father. So I was thinking about this first lessons where I was thinking about prayer and studying and all those things. And I started to think about how, you know, I love the New Testament because there's a lot of parables. And then we'll have the first four books, which are kind of the same stories through different perspectives. And sometimes they have different things. So, so the, these parables, you know, they, they change. And I think that's okay. You know, they weren't meant to be perfect. And then I asked myself, like, what has the Lord given us that was meant to be perfect? Meaning it was rote. Like, uh, you know how we're not supposed to say rote prayers, you know? But then there are certain prayers, and I was thinking about the sacrament prayer. Mm -hmm. That's one where if it's not in order... You can say all the things, but say them out of order. It's not good enough. It has to be in order. It has to be exact. Why would there be this? And so there was this part in the sacrament prayer where it says, and always remember him and keep his commandments. And I was just thinking about the order of that. Always remember him and keep his commandments. Mm -hmm. That it's not keep his commandments and always remember him. That it's always remember him. And so as I was thinking about, we're launching into a new book, the New Testament, and we're doing Come Follow Me. We all now have some years of experience doing it at home, at church, and, you know, however it is. And it just really hit me that for us to have revelation, to have the Holy Ghost call into our mind things that are applicable, we have to be feeding the hopper. We have to be feeding good things. We have to understand God's or Jesus Christ's earthly ministry in the in the New Testament and in, in the in the Book of Mormon and with the pioneers and with our family and yesterday, you know. And so I, I just I don't know, I was very impressed in my mind to talk about that importance to always remember him. And so as we go about our busy lives, what can I do to always remember him? Because um in the last section I think it begins in the first section, it says, it's talking about John the Baptist, what 
do ye seek? And then it says, the Savior's invitation, come follow me, applies to all. So to follow him, I think kind of means to keep my commandments, be like I am. But when I look at the sacrament prayer, there's something to always remember him. We have to know who we're following. We have to know about him. It's not enough to just say positive vibes, you know, let's just do good. I don't know. I just feel like it's important that this study that we're asked to do is not always because it's going to reveal everything to us. It might just be saturating ourselves with Christ, with his words, with his stories. And then when we live our daily lives and we'll always remember him, then we'll have his spirit to be with us, meaning we'll have revelation. We'll have an interaction where all, all of these tales and historical stories or, or testimonies from others and all these things will become applicable in our own lives. And I think that's where the power of conversion, that's where we feel that discipleship. In our relationship with the Savior, he looks on the heart and is no respecter of persons. Consider how he chose his apostles. He didn't pay attention to status or wealth. He invites us to follow him, and I believe he reassures us that we belong with him. I testify that we grow in our discipleship when we exercise faith in the Lord during difficult times. As we do so, he will mercifully strengthen us and help us carry our burdens. The Savior knows your struggles in detail. He knows your great potential to grow in faith, hope, and charity. The commandments and covenants He offers you are not tests to control you. They are a gift to lift you towards receiving all the gifts of God and to returning home to your Heavenly Father and the Lord who love you.